This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And we hope you're enjoying the shows on the Danger Entertainment Network now, including the Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled to be a part of this awesome lineup, guys. Um, and what we do here on our show is it's, look, we are just trying to make you guys laugh through all kinds of different avenues. Hear me out here. Yeah. Hear me out. Please. What we are is we're two geeky white dudes talking and trying to be funny. Yeah, not trying to blow in your mind here with, uh, <laughs> with something brand, brand new, new, but, um, you yeah. never heard anything like this. We talk about Star Wars. <laughs> talk about, we talk about superheroes. We talk about Marvel movies, man. <laughs> Look, we are, we're cutting some damn, we're, we're, we're breaking some damn boundaries over we here. We are breaking new ground. Yeah. But for real, what we do is we play invented games. Yeah. And we try to spin everything into a brand new fun game that we've made yeah. up. Um, we filter it all through that sensibility and and we're both improvisers, so a lot of what we talk about ends up in, in, in sort of a scene that we have a lot of fun with. Uh, we talk about our lives, pop culture, and movies. We talk about a little bit of everything. So if that's what you like, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Danger Entertainment Network. They look like Vikings. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. then welcome to another episode of wookie radio it is the smugglers three ken derek and myself mike how are you guys doing good so we're still recovering yeah you i can imagine you are mm-hmm. but i'm back though so was the carbonite freeze good or carbon sickness sucks <laughs> So, well, I didn't have the blindness, but I had all the other stuff. It was so cool on social media to see Rocco show off the, the prizes. He got them all. So he has a copy of the Smuggler's Guide as well. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Seeing all that together, including the stuff from Chronicle, it looks great. Uh, it was fun to be able to give all that away. So yeah, um, check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. On the right-hand side is our affiliates. Uh, check them out. Also, too, check out our partners at Found Me and Heroes and Villains. Um, what can we say more that we haven't said already? They got some great-looking stuff. And they had a great Mandalorian T-shirt, too, for Triple Force Friday that, unfortunately, is no longer being sold. 
but it looked awesome. Um, but check them out. See something you like? Remember, use the code SMUGGLERS or 15% off your first purchase. Uh, I will tell you, that kind of translates $80 backpack for 68 bucks. How about them apples? Um, which, my TIE Fighter Pilot backpack that I just got from them, when they say it's water-resistant, water-repellent, whatever their phrasing is, I finally got a chance to test it out on my way into work the other day when it poured. It held up pretty good. None of my stuff got wet on the inside. Mission accomplished. Awesome. Uh, also, too, check out our web store where you get some great Wookiee Radio, Weeby Geeks, and Mighty Marvel Geeks merchandise. Hoping to add in the near future, maybe some Keepers of the Fringe and, and uh, DC Superpowers to that as well. Yeah, if I can ever get Superpowers up and running again. <laughs> so... Um, resistance. It is back. Yes, for its second it has, and final season. It has a totally new feel to it. It's yeah. nice not being stuck on a same planet every week. Yeah, but you know, I was okay with that, even with them going off on their little of adventures. Although they are stuck in in space, right? So sure. it's like the second season of Buck Rogers. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about it that way. <laughs> um, so this episode was titled Into the Unknown. Um, and I loved how it opens with the First Order, almost an Imperials, the First Order on, on the planet, which the planet's yeah. name escapes me at the moment. I know it begins with a C. Oh, it's Colossus Station Thought on... It with a C. Half a minute. Wikipedia to the rescue. Yeah. Anyway, but we see the, the destroyed TIE Fighters, the one uh, racing ring still floating there. Um, and we, we say, track them down. Then we see uh, a cut, sh- cut shot to uh, Bucket and CB looking out the hangar into the hyperspace tunnel. Yeah, that was a cool shot. That was a that was a gorgeous yeah, shot. That was. Really I, I love how it originated off uh, the eye of Bucket. At first, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, this is CB." Uh, no, it's it's Bucket. This is cool. Um, when they first started, forgot that uh, BB-8 was not there anymore. Yeah, because we are because BB-8 is with Poe Dameron over on Jakku at this actually. At this point, I don't think they're on Dakar anymore. No, so they, I think at this point because um, because the um, well, they Force Awakens Jedi happened so fast, they may be already past the point where the First Order is um, taken down. Or I think at least when we get to Dakar, because they, they said in here they're going to Dakar. Right. By the time they get to Dakar, they will the, the Resistance will no longer be there. The base will be destroyed. Yeah, maybe. You got to think the um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Remember, or take place. Maybe in a five to seven day time span, if that. 
Within within a few days of each other. Yeah. Um. So figure they are where where were Han, Leia, or Han, Ray, Chewie, and them when they did, when the first order fired Star Killer Base the first time in the film. Uh, they were on Takodana. They were yeah. in Maz's castle. Okay, so that so we're just roughly past all that. Castellan, Castellan is where they were at originally in the in Resistance. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we see all the destruction in the First Order ships on Castellan. Um, and then we have the then it goes to change of scenery with uh, Bucket and CB on. In the hangar bay, uh, we then find out that uh, when Nico and Kaz join them, um, they talk about you know they're probably close to Dakar. Uh, they go up top because uh, things start to malfunction. If I remember right. Well, they were remember they were attacked on their way out, so they took a lot of damage before yeah. they jumped to hyperspace. So while they were in hyperspace, everything was fine. Once they came out of hyperspace, is when well, I wouldn't say fine while they were there either. Because remember, as soon as they come out of um, as soon as they come out of the hangar bay, they're still in hyperspace. But um, you can see the other guys still trying to um, repair the ship. Right, but we haven't had the problem with the with the communications with uh, with the gravity. Yeah, any of that yet. Um, which ends up being you know, kind of the main thing with this episode. But I kind of liked how they threw a little Halloween tr- twist with having that first order ball unit in there that was oh yeah kind of messed up. I was like, okay, ball BB-90. unit has no. I don't think it is BB ninety. Oh, it's not, but it looks like him. Yeah, because he were actually on one of the um, star destroyers with the in the movies. Right, right. but it, it's sort of like some of the other. Now, in Star Wars, the Imperial Astromex, the Imperial R2s yeah. almost all look the same. It's just a slight variant. Are they silver or are they the copper or the gold? Well, it's kind of the same thing. You know, and you have many that were the same look. Well, you got the same thing with, with the ball units. The first order ball units are pretty much, uh, I'm going to guess, 90% of them are silver and gray. The black, silver, yeah. and gray. Um. But, but talk to Colossus for half a second, because um, is it me or does it look like that needs to lay on its side and actually have some engines somewhere? There's no engines on that anywhere. How does it fly when it's not in hyperdrive? I mean, I understand hyperdrive doesn't have, like, engine turrets. It doesn't look like. But still, your sublight engines, there's nothing on there to push it. Yeah, there is. There's pods on the side. There is? Yeah. Just, yeah. Be- just below the ring, the, the main hub, there are pods, engine pods. Okay, I have to do the search real quick. Mm-hmm. Because you, you see them shut down. Um, but we, we find out that above um, Doze's office is a command deck, command bridge. Or it's below his yeah. office. That thing no, looked I, cool. No, it's above. Yeah, it's sweet. That was cool, yeah. It, it, I don't know how to describe what it looked like. I mean, it's a big circle. I mean, to me, it almost looks like, okay, here's an aircraft, air, air traffic control tower, sort of. 
similar. Although it does definitely has the feel of like um of um Imperial era technology for the command stations and stuff. Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah, it is more like a station command center, not as much a ship command center. Yeah, but it actually, looks, it looks awesome. Yeah, without the tech, just the layout almost feels a little like Deep Space Nine from Star Trek, where it's all one big circle. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Obviously, the tech is all Star Wars. I mean, that fits right in with um, Imperial um, era tech. Now, it was cool, too, that the command droids all answered to 4D, and they're all the, the same make and model. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it's cool how Jaegers basically become second in command on the station. Yeah. Uh, actually, but officially. So you, have yeah. a, so you have a former rebel, former Imperial working together. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they're all got the same goal, to keep everybody safe. Yep. And not let and try not to let history repeat itself again. Um, now the Colossus ends up about three parsecs away from the car, which is still close enough um, for for good communications. Now three parsecs is about ten light years away, um, and it would require one last jump to get closer to the system, if possible. Uh, now we see on the command bridge uh, there's a Doses hologram of the station, the Arabish. I, I had to tran. I, I was right with my translation. Um, and I'm getting better about reading Arabish, um, but I wanted to double check since it was backwards. Um, the warning is saying there's a diagnostics error. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, remember, telling um, telling um, Jaeger. Start with the crucial systems first, and just give me diagnostics one at a time because they couldn't just run diagnostics on the whole thing. Right. Start um, with engines and weapons first, and then start working your way up from there. Yep. Now, as the Kaz is leaving the hangar bay, uh, he he bumps in uh, Opit, bumps into Kaz, knocking him in midair, knocking him off course, which was quite entertaining. I I, yeah. lo- I love Opit. He he's cool. Um, so it was kind of funny seeing them swimming through the zero gravity. Yeah. Now Kaz and and Dora. Oh, can't think of her first name. My, um, my, it's been a long day. Doza, it's Tora Doza, I believe. Yes, Tora. Uh, they get down to 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 help fix the communications. Fix. What was that character? I remember her name. Ah. It, it, so much going. I I have to retain so much stuff at the moment. It's like my memory's slipping. Um, but to go from there and to also try and fix the gravity situation. Uh, I love how the, the screen there says danger, low gravity. Mm-hmm. I I almost want to capture that screen and recreate it from my as the desktop as my desktop background for my computer. Um, yeah. So the first order droid, which uh, these are some highlights from um, StarWars.com is named MB-13. And Christensen reveals that the inspiration behind its name and its MB stands for murder ball. Okay. And it's a, <laughs> it's a phrase that the show's creator used jokingly to refer to the droid that happened to stick. If Why is there all the evil droids nicknamed Ball? Yeah, Dr. Ball at the origi- in the original member, wasn't that the, um, pro- or the um, torture droid? Yeah. One of the slang names for him was Dr. Ball. We got Murder Ball here. I, if that's the case, I, I want them to make Murder Ball. 
so I can put them with RT with a BT one and triple zero. Yeah. Other murder droids. And then that would be the perfect cross crossover to the good side, which is C3PO, R2D2 and B and BB eight. Yeah. Well, oh, they also need to make a, um, wasn't it HK? Yeah. From, uh, the assassin the, droid. The other assassin droid. Yeah. But there's a difference between assassin droids and murder droids. Well, yeah. So I murder come at you. You see him coming. Yeah. Um, now, we also see the First Order barracks when we see um, Tam get her TIE fighter pilot outfit for the first time. And the barracks are apparently very similar to what we saw in Rebels, but also features some details in tech from Kylo Ren from his quarters in Last Jedi. And I don't remember. Someone I don't remember. The, what's that? Someone needs to screw her head on straight. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like I like this. I like where it could possibly be going. Yeah, it could have interesting implications. That's interesting. This episode is actually on YouTube on the Star Wars Kids channel. Hmm. I wonder if they're all going to be on there this year. Maybe, or maybe just because it was the first one. Yeah. Hey, have you heard anything about this one, Mike? This episode's actually on YouTube on the Star Wars Kids channel, the whole complete episode. Are they going to do that for all the episodes this season, or is it just for the premiere? I have no clue. I've not heard. I have not heard. Um, what I can say is I do have a press release from Lucasfilm about the upcoming episode. Okay. Um, in a quick salvage run, the Colossus is in dire need of hyperfuel, and Kaz suggests they take it from a downed First Order ship. However, the salvage mission is compromised when the First Order shows up. Uh, it will be available on Sunday at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time on Disney Now and Disney On Demand, Disney Channel Video On Demand. Um, and we'll give kids and families access to the series whenever and whenever they want to watch. So nothing about uh, YouTube. Well, I looked at the um, the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, and there is a Resistance Full Episodes playlist, but it's basically just got episode um, part one and two or of um, season one, and then it's got episode one of season two. So it may be just the premiere of each episode or of each season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I'll have to look next week when it comes up. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens with uh, Disney Plus. Will they also drop it there as well each week? What's well, Resistance is on there, but I don't know if that's just the previous season or what. Well, I'm sure it's probably going to be just the previous season, considering season one is no longer on Disney now. Yeah. I imagine they'll probably drop the first season on Disney Plus on day one, and then the second season sometime after the after it finishes. Yeah. Or maybe, the, or maybe the first half when it takes a break. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, um, now... Filoni reveals why he used IG-11 in The Mandalorian and not IG-88. Mm. Uh, show airs next month. Uh, yeah, we are a little over a month away, like a month and three wow. days. Whoa. Yeah, yeah I can't wait. Like my friend, what, what she played in it. Um, so the, the series is ex- expected to include entirely new characters, which we know. Uh, and some with ties to the franchise's past. Among those is IG-11, who looks a lot like IG-88, which I am so glad we get to see this type of IG droid in action. Yeah. Instead of just standing there. Because, you know, remember, we see another IG unit on on Bespin in the garbage pit. 
when Chewbacca finds C-3PO in there. Right. We'll also see it in yeah. A New Hope. It's a cleverly disguised as some kind of drink dispenser. True. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was hiding. It was waiting for someone. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's radio cannon. <laughs> the rest of it was underneath the countertop. <laughs> the head also made an appearance in uh, one of the Indiana Jones films. See, those things are always hiding. You never know when it's going to jump out. It's like the Spanish yep. Inquisition. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so Filoni uh, talked about why, uh, and his quote is, For me, working on Star Wars so long, I tend to lean towards creation of new characters. I love and respect old, the old characters and the classic characters, and sometimes I think maybe I'm a bit too reverent with things, but I like areas that are undefined now. Like my experience creating Ahsoka in a space that was fairly well defined between two films, and yet we were able to land and add a valuable piece to that story in the, pre, in the prequels that didn't take away from Anakin or Obi-Wan's arc. Uh, to continue, he says, uh, so a droid like IG-88, you know the expanded universe. If you know the expanded universe in Star Wars history, there's a lot of stories around him and what might have happened to that particular droid. So our respect for people that have been with the franchise for a long time is like, well, if we do something with this space, would that be contradicting those stories? So it's better to just say, well, there's other droids. It's not like it was a unique assassin droid. And then we have a little more free range. I mean, people forget in Empire, you never see him walk or take a step. The prop was was actually bolted to the floor. <laughs> Did not know that one. I so, it makes sense if you look how skinny he is and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so just giving him feet was something new and original. Um, but yeah, I was I just gravitate to the open field that you get with new characters, and then when you do bring something, uh, then when you do bring something, if you choose to, like when we brought Obi Wan finally into into Rebels, I think it becomes significant and special. Um, the difference, according to Watiti, is IG Eleven is very innocent and naive and direct and does not know about sarcasm and does not know how to lie. It's like a child with a gun. <laughs> that could be entertaining. Yeah, I, I'm dig, I'm what, digging IG Eleven. Yeah, what were you saying, Ken? Especially with Taika Waititi's voice coming out of it. Yeah, because we never hear him speak either. No, it ends up sounding like Korg. Don't know. So, um, I can't wait. I just I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. That whole that whole show is gonna be fun. Yes, because like Maloney was saying. In Rebels and um, all the different shows he's done, Rebels, Clone Wars, all those, there was a lot of familiar characters, but they're few and far between, or especially Rebels, they're few and far between. And when it did happen, it was a big deal because, holy crap, there's someone we actually know. Right. So you want to use it very, very sparse if you can. Clone Wars was different because it was in the um, middle of the war, and it was about the characters we know. Okay, yeah. And this, at this point... Mandalorian isn't a part that's uh, at this point never been written. True, it's all so we it's all no ground. Going on, yeah. The closest book that gets to it would be um, the first of um, Windig's books, um, Aftermath. So I think that's what ten yeah. years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, so that's the closest thing we get to it, or Return of the Jedi itself. So it's like halfway between those two. True. Well, no, Battlefront Two takes place um, between Jedi and here, the standalone mission. Yeah. yeah. One is canon. Now, um, 
I saw this next story as something that came from New York Comic Con. Uh, apparently, Rebel Force Radio had also posted something about it on their Twitter. Um, Dennis Lawson is expected to reprise his role as Wedge in Rise of Skywalker. Ah, yes. This, this is kind of shocking. Yeah. Because he was adamant about not wanting to have anything to do with uh, um, Star Wars anymore. He was done with Star Wars, period. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he so had, someone he said he, had, he said he had no problems coming to, to the conventions and whatnot, but he just didn't want to portray the character anymore. Yeah. See, what it is is someone found a loose Brinks truck just laying around, and they said, oh, wait, here, you want this? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was not the original actor to play Wedge, though. He was but, the one everybody knows, though. He's the one from Empire and Return. It was Colin Higgins who played him briefly in the Death Star battle in uh, in the New Hope. So yeah, but he's the one, like I said, that everybody remembers. Oh yeah, he got more screen time for sure. So um, prior to the tweet uh, regarding Lawson, Plant, Plant, Plantia Comic actually posted a cover art for Resistance Reborn. Um, which I'm assuming is an upcoming book, to which for, uh, fan surprise had Lawson on it, or in it, and he was standing behind Finn. However, the post suddenly got deleted by the account. It's got to be out hmm. there somewhere. Yeah. Ooh, how mysterious. Yeah, maybe uh, Wedge, the reason we've not seen him in the first two movies is he was with another cell. True. Or uh, he was still New Republic Navy. And hadn't joined the resistance yet. That could be as well. And he survived the destruction of Hosnian Prime. Mm, could be. Or maybe it was because of the destruction of Hosnian Prime and the other few planets that brought him out of retirement. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, um, there's been no official announcement from Lawson or the company, but it seems extremely high. Yeah. Uh, with Rebel Force Radio, their their Twitter post says, look at the size of that thing. We just received a solid yes from a representative for the actor. So. And usually Rebel Force doesn't run with it unless they've confirmed it a couple different ways and they know what this is actually in there, you know? Right. Despite what issues or problems or whatever you have uh something like this they they don't they don't pull pull a we got this covered or hollywood reporter yeah. or they, el mayimbe type attitude with it no they've had it really well and some they'll even reach out and um, talk to some of the insiders of lucasfilm they might be able to say who it is but they they got contacts all over the place yeah i don't know how much at lucasfilm anymore but that's Sure, they still have their friends, even though even if they can't say that they are, you know. But that's a whole other avenue we're not going down. Yeah. Uh, now, New York Comic Con was this past weekend, and the Lucasfilm Publishing dropped not one but several bombs on the Star Wars community. Uh, the biggest of them all was Thrawn is going to be back in a trilogy starting in 2020. So a whole new trilogy. Is going to be the Ascendancy trilogy. Um, Sounds awesome. Just by the name, I'm assuming where this could be going. Yeah. Uh, there was also um, another announcement that will intrigue fans even more. This is being put together by IDW, Marvel, and Delray, 
which we're going to get Project Luminous. And it starts off with uh, the slide. The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things until Project Luminous. And your authors and writers on this will be Claudia Gray, Just Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule. Um, this is under a very strict embargo, um, but this could be the first post Rise of Skywalker work to give us an idea of what's in the future beyond the Skywalker saga. Yeah, this could be the set of films that brings it that continues the story of Ray and Kylo and Finn and Poe and not well, and not and hopefully not be called episodics either. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you read that quote that comes at the beginning of that, it sounds like with the rise of Skywalker, it could be that the force is going to become uh, more accessible to more people. It says that. It says that it was um, what it's what gives the Jedi its power. It's um, created by all living beings until whatever this Project Luminous is that changes the um, nature of the Force. Is the way that sounds true? Like I said, though, it's a very strict embargo on it, so mm-hmm. um, I don't think we're going to know more until maybe Comic Con next year. Maybe the earliest, maybe get a little bit more information on Star Wars Day next year. We might get something out of WonderCon. WonderCon's usually the first big one. Yeah. Uh, It being that it's in San Francisco. Or no, is that in Anaheim now? It's Anaheim. I don't don't know. I don't think so. When is WonderCon? February, I think. Yeah, I don't think so. February or March. Earliest would be be maybe CTET. Maybe. But I, I doubt that either, because it's not going to be so. Because it'll it'll happen at San Diego before it happens at Celebration. Because they're in celebrations in August next year. Yeah, mm. or they just may wait until August to tease more with Celebration. For something this big, they may actually have the first book out by spring, though. It's twenty twenty. Uh, duh, next year's twenty twenty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you don't eat for a religious holiday. You lose your mind. That was me today. Um, Now they continue to wow the fans when they heard there would be a new anthology centered on the Clone Wars. Uh, Author Zoraida Cordova, which I am working on getting her on the show so she could tell us how to pronounce her name properly. Yeah. Um, I know Cordova's right. It's her first name. I want to say Zoraida. I don't know. We'll find out soon, hopefully. Uh, we'll pin a story from the tome featuring Asajj Ventress. This is awesome. Uh, the work will, in no doubt, act as a companion piece, if not directly tied into Clone Wars Season 7 which will appear in February. Um, and then for those who have liked Alexander Freed's Alphabet Squadron, uh, another writer we want to get on the show, uh, Lucasfilm Publishing has a sequel called Shadowfall. It's expected to come out in June. Um, and its title suggests the demise of the Empire's elite Shadow Squadron which we got from TIE Fighter. Yeah. Well, 
as I said, when I read Alphabet Squadron, I could definitely see them turning this into basically this generation's Rogue Squadron. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rogue Squadron still exists because it's during that time period. Yeah, but I'm talking about the way they did, they did the series of books. Yeah. That, um, yeah, 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 yeah. They did a whole series of books about Rogue Squadron, and they became a totally new thing. I well, can see them doing this with these books. If there's a sequel for Alphabet Squadron, then I want to see a, a second miniseries around TIE Fighter. Yeah, that'd be cool. I still got to read TIE Fighter. I read Alphabet Squadron. TIE Fighter was great. I need to read yeah, Alphabet I need to read or listen to Alphabet Squadron. TIE Fighter was awesome. I love the twist in it. So, um, also, there's a upcoming novel that will explore Poe's guilt over his mutiny in The Last Jedi. Um, so, in Resistance Reborn, uh, which is coming from Del Rey, Rebecca Roanhorse will explore Dameron's guilt over the fallout of his poor decision-making. In her quote, Poe has royally messed stuff up. His mutiny has gotten a lot of people killed. He's carrying a lot of that shame and a lot of the mistakes that he's made. Um, Of course, this is something she said at the publishing group panel at New York Comic Con. Uh, We didn't want to just wipe that slate clean with him. He's got to build back trust. He's got to build his own confidence. He's got to find some forgiveness. There's not a lot of room in the resistance to sit in the corner and feel sorry for yourself. That almost... See, I think major difference, because a lot of people are comparing Poe to Han Solo. Han Solo, I don't think, would have ever had this retrospective, like, oh, I screwed up. and No, he's just headlong into what's the next set. You know what I mean? Oops, I messed up. What's next? Right. Well, yeah. whether whether it was her intent or not... The there's not a lot of room to sit in the corner and feel sorry for yourself. Almost feels like a jab at the millennials to some extent. <laughs> oh, isn't that going my way? I need to go sit and sit in the corner and take time yeah. out. Sorry, we have we have some new things happening at work because of. I'll, I'll just say it, millennials. Not all young kid, not all the millennial Damn. generation is like that, but the good majority are. Sorry, I'm old. What were you saying, Derek? I said, and we just lost all our millennial listeners. I hope not. Again, I said not all of them are like that. <laughs> you said most of them. But there are, but most I've run into are. Well, think about it. It's a lot of those millenn- the minority that happen to be, that look like the majority, are the ones who are behind all the problems Within the Star Wars fandom, too. Mm. Of oh, we, well, like, we don't want that. No. Oh, this movie was crap, and that—that's not. I don't think that's the millennials. Okay. I think that's the older crowd. <sighs> Could be. Yeah, but I, I see. Uh, okay, it's just a crowd then. Maybe that's a jab. I keep the very vocal minority. Maybe maybe that was a jab at the vocal minority um, Star Wars fans instead. See, the problem is, yeah, as maybe we keep saying, the, the pop majority doesn't speak up. No. I don't think you can really pin it down a particular age range or anything no, no, like no, that. No. Looking back at it, no, but you can target the... Let's see what happens after Rise of Skywalker. See what the heat's like there. Yeah. 
Like I said, the problem is, as we keep saying, the vo- the um the silent majority who's positive about this stuff usually just keeps their mouth shut. Mm. No, if you like what you're do- seeing and as you're having a good time, tell everybody. Oh yeah, the guys that aren't it are definitely telling everybody. Well, that's what we do. That's why we're here. What, we, what we, kills me is the people that say, "Oh, Disney." Ruins like no fans like you ruined Star Wars. Yeah, I was part of the reason why Lucasfilm or why Lucas sold Lucasfilm. The fans mm-hmm. kind of drove him to it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's saying that I'm not making any more Star Wars. Remember, because they're not going to like what I do anyway. <laughs> yep. So, um, now if you're doing it, if you have a good time and you like this, tell people. Get on social media and tell people what you like. Yeah. Yeah, it's time we started doing that. Yep. Now, Roan House also has said, uh, you're going to have scenes between Leia and Ray that you may not get otherwise. It's cool to get inside Poe's head and really understand how he wrestles with the consequences of the decision, uh, says Thompson. Uh, Thompson is, I don't know. This is the first time Thompson gets mentioned. Hmm. I hate when people do that. Try and give a quote and whatever. Um, Elsewhere, we get answers to episode nine a lot sooner with Kevin Shinnick's Force Collector, which is a um, young adult novel about protagonists who discovers they have force powers. Uh, Shinnick is an alum of Robot Chicken and described the book as a mixture of Star Wars and Stephen King's The Dead Zone. Ooh. Really? Dead Zone. Mm. The Dead Zone's one of the few Stephen King books that I like. Mm. Um, however, he ended up doing a serious rewrite on the early draft of the book because it was too similar to what J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio had cooked up in the Episode Nine screenplay. Well, how about that? Hmm. <laughs> But it is awesome to see that we're getting another Force user, not just Ray and Kylo. Yep. There are um, more people that still have access to the Force. Yeah. Well, who's to say this young protagonist isn't the uh, the barn, the stable boy from Canto Bite? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, when you write these things, in a lot of cases, you write them in a vacuum. Uh, Shinnick explained, uh, we don't know what's coming you're on a need-to-know basis, so you're, you're writing this thing, you're sweating, you hand it in, you're like, great, I did it. And then right before the holidays, they called me and said, we have a problem we didn't foresee happening. Because uh, I said, what is it? They said, somehow you inadvertently wrote a big section of episode nine. <laughs> I was like, well, clearly you got me in the got me on the wrong gig. They all laughed and goes, now you're going to have to rewrite it. Let's just say... We pulled back a lot, and there's enough to the journey of episode nine. Hmm. So, That'd be interesting to see what his original draft was. Yeah, after episode nine, I would I, actually I would love to try and get him on the show after episode nine comes out and go. Okay, so what did you write that ended up being in the movie? <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, the book looks awesome. This almost looks like a the the image almost looks like a tribute to that. Uh, statuette of Obi-Wan that I think Sideshow did where he's on tattooing yeah. with the sabers hanging off his belt and whatnot. It's almost very similar to that. So, um, so yeah, these books are coming out November 19th 
and I are following in the journey to Star Wars Rise of Skywalker storytelling. Um, awesome. Delilah, Delilah Dawson's Galaxy Edge novel is also a part of that program. So, oh, wow. Ethan Sachs' Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Allegiance comic is, which came out today. I don't remember seeing that on the list. It's supposed to be a part of that, too. Allegiance is supposed to be a different book. Allegiance is supposed to be the wrap-up to, to the Star Wars franchise, the Star Wars title, Star Wars and Afro titles, not Galaxy's no, Edge. Not See, I'm confused now by what this is. Wait, now you're confusing me, too. <laughs> That's why I'm now headed over to Marvel to find out. Because I don't remember seeing this on the list last week when we covered this for... Some you guys mentioned in our Mighty Marvel Geeks. That you're right. One of you. But it's not a Galaxy's Edge book. That's the whole thing. No. Yeah, no. Okay, here it is. Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance, which dropped on October 9th. Um, before the exciting events of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, pounded by the First Order across the galaxy, resistance is in dire need of ships, weapons, and recruits to make a final stand. This has nothing to do with Galaxy's Edge. No, no. The only thing that has to do with Galaxy's Edge is the fact that it's writer Ethan Sachs who wrote Galaxy's Edge. So, it's not a Galaxy's Edge book. So, leave it to sci-fi to get this wrong. But, speaking of Marvel, information on the new ongoing series, which is going to come out, um, when is it coming out? Uh... Launching in January of 2020 will be Star Wars number one, written by Charles Soule and art by Jesus Saiz. And it's going to take place between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Nice. So um, I like the fact that they're not going to redo the adaptation of Empire. It's just going to pick up shortly after. And who's the best person for that? I mean, look at Charles Soule when he did his Vader series, which everyone nicknames Vader Year One. Um, this, you know, he picked up literally right as the cameras leave the medical room with Vader and the Emperor. Who's to say this won't pick up right as the Falcon's already flown off and it cuts back to, you know, to that final establishing shot? Uh, I believe it does, actually. On the medical bay. I believe that's in like the the first pages of the book. I believe, which would be a, that's a perfect place to start. Mm-hmm. So, um, here's the solicit for it. Uh, no, I am your father. In the wake of the events following Empire Strikes Back, it is a dark time for the heroes of the rebellion. The rebel fleet scattered. Following a disastrous defeat at the Battle of Hoth, Han Solo lost to a bounty hunter, Boba Fett, after being frozen in carbonite. And after being lured into a trap on Cloud City and bested by a vicious lightsaber duel against the evil Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker learned the horrible truth about his past. Vader did not kill his father, Anakin. Vader is Luke's father, Anakin. But, you know, a lot of people... Even in the movie, Obi-Wan kind of says it himself. Once he became Vader, that's when Anakin died. Very much. Which well, is certain- which is why they ended up going back and putting Hayden Christensen's head on the Force Ghost mm. instead of mm. the original actor 
Sebastian Shaw? Yes. Which, okay, whatever. Um, but uh, now, after narrowly escaping the Dark Lord's clutches and wounded and reeling from the revelation, Luke, Princess Leia, Lando, the Wookiee Chewbacca, and the droid C-3PO and R2-D2 must fight their way back to the Rebel Alliance, for the fate of the entire galaxy is at stake. After so many losses, is victory still possible? But what Leia, Luke, and their ragtag team of Freedom Fighters do not realize is that they have traded, they have only traded one Imperial trap for another. Enter the cunning and vengeful Imperial Commander Zara at the helm of Tarkin's will. At the helm of the Tarkin's will. So. This is interesting because if you read the way that reads just there, it says, um, after narrowly escaping the Dark Lord's clutches, the wounded and reeling from the revelations, Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewie, and the, the droids fight their way back to the Rebel Alliance. This may actually um, start before the end of Empire. This may start actually at Cloud City as they're flying away, before they get back to the medical frigate. Maybe. That's the way it sounds there, at least. Maybe. I there was an article that said where it started and I don't remember now, but it's something somewhere around there. So we may get them fighting back to towards the medical frigate, and then pick up right after that. True, true. But um, and what ship is the Tarkin's will? Is that a destroyer or what is it? I don't know. I'll have to wait for the series. I don't know either. Maybe Tarkin's personal star destroyer. Could be. Could be. And got renamed after his death. Oh, Tarkin seems like the type of guy that would name the ship Tarkin's Will. That's true, too. I can see that. Now, um, one of the biggest items that came out Force Friday was Le Crusade's line of cookware. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want this um, carbonite roaster pan. I know, right? That I one. will never get it, but I want this carbonite roaster pan. It will only cost you a measly $450. <laughs> Yeah, bad. I I love how the lid is 3D with Solo sticking out of the carbonite. Yeah, that is cool. I just wish the rest of the container looked like had the carbonite controls down the sides. Yeah, cool. Wouldn't make it worse. But yeah, but the thing is with the roasting pan, if you put too many little stuff out there, it's going to mess with the way it heats up. Yeah, but if it's a if it's a um, ceramic paint, it should heat up just fine. Yeah, but. Uh, next, they're offering droid mini cocotes, and these are all $30 each. You have three of them. Um, you have R2-D2, C-3PO, and BB-8. I really like the R2-D2 one. Uh, and they're yeah. good for when you want to make a, like, a side dish. Yeah. <laughs> 30 bucks each isn't bad for a collector's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know how big they are. They look, they look, uh, yeah. Talks about side dishes. So yeah, but I mean, is it a four inch pan, eight, six inch pan, eight inch pan? Yeah, they don't. No, I... They don't say on the site. Anyway, to continue on, um, trivets. These I want. Yeah, they're, tw- they're twenty each. There is a Millennium Falcon and Death Star trivet. And they're silicone trivets. Say twenty bucks each. It just says twenty bucks. The uh, other ones say each on them. This one does not. I I am looking at the website and they have oh, Millennium okay. Falcon trivet twenty dollars, Death Star trivet twenty dollars. So yeah, but they're silicone. 
which is kind of cool. It's a little pricey for the silicone, but for what you're getting, being a licensed product, it's not it's not bad. Yeah. Well, you, like, um, remember when they were first putting out the waffle irons and the um, toasters? They were all about 10 bucks more than what they should be cost. Yeah. No, it's all the license. Exactly. Uh, there is a pork pie bird. <laughs> um, now, if you're wondering what a pie bird is. I am. Um, a pork pie bird is a pie whistle or pie vents or funnel or even chimneys. They're hollow ceramic statuettes that bakers can use to vent steam from their pies in order to prevent the filling from bubbling over. The bird can also keep a crust supported to prevent a collapse in the center. Hmm. So, so you can stick a pork in your pie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try that in well, my house. I've seen the size of them. You may take multiple porks to put in your pie. True, true. Uh, up next from is a Darth Vader round Dutch oven. This looks good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Three hundred ninety-five dollars. Yeah, the next one's the big one though. And um. This is the but piece. It's expensive. This is the piece that Shit. Melissa wants or wanted till I told her the price. Uh, this one's a gorgeous mm-hmm. piece. Uh, it is the Tatooine round Dutch oven, um, and it's you, you know it's complete with the signature gold knob featuring pinks and blues of a fading Tatooine sky. The special edition pot perfectly captures the warmly lit world of the galaxy's outer rim, the world that first introduced us to the Star Wars saga. And this can be yours for nine hundred dollars. Does look really nice, though. It looks gorgeous, but I'm not paying nine hundred dollars for it. No, no way. That's two car payments. Uh, well, nine hundred dollars. They're only making nine of these. They're only making nine. Yeah. And it, it says, in tribute to the nine figures in the Skywalker saga, that will end, that'll end with the rise of Skywalker, only nine of these total will be sold. Yeah, too rich for my blood. for a chance to get one. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they're, lo- they're doing a lottery system or something to get to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're into mobile games on your phone, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes is unlocking um, a new event called Clash on Kamino, uh, October 11th through 13th. So this weekend, as you're listening to the show, um, you'll battle General Grievous as he attempts to stop Skywalker from saving his friends on Kamino. With this, you have an opportunity to earn general a General Skywalker character. Nice. And he will be the most powerful character in the game to date. Cool. Now, Galaxy of Heroes, is that the one where you put, like, a four-man team together and you fight yes. four-man teams on the computer side? Okay. Four, four or five-man team, yeah. yeah. It's the Star Wars version. It's what probably was the basis for Marvel Strike Force. Yeah, well, um, or, or DC has DC, Legends. DC Legends, yeah. That's why I don't play that one, because I've been playing Legends for, like, a year and a half. Now, um, uh, let's see. StarWars.com also has, uh, and, and this would be good for... I'm going to try this one on from for size. Our books and publications segment, Notes from the Data Pad. You guys like that? Possibly. What was uh, was the other one? Data Entries? 
They could both be put on the list for the poll later. Well, th- those submissions are from Eric over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. So why don't you try them out for some? I like data entries and I like notes from the data pad. Yeah. Um, here are 16 books to help children and young readers uh, get introduced into the Star Wars, the Skywalker saga and just the Star Wars universe in general. Number one, Star Wars Creatures Big and Small. Uh, it's illustrated by Katie Cook, written by Kalolope Glass and Caitlin Kennedy. Uh, number two, C-3PO Does Not Like Sand, written by Caitlin Kennedy and illustrated by Brian Kissinger. <laughs> uh, number three is uh, two level two readers, um, Resistance Heroes and First Order Villains. Uh, number four is Who's Who in the Galaxy. Which is a character storybook. This looks kind of cool. Number five. Star Wars. The Skywalker Saga. Written by Delilah S. Dawson. Illustrated by Brian Rude. Uh, Number six. Star Wars Adventures. uh, The comic from IDW. Uh, Number seven. Star Wars Adventures Return to Vader's Castle. Also by IDW. Uh, Number eight. Um, Jedi Academy, Revenge of the Sith. This is written and illustrated by Jarrett J. Krosochka and Amy Ignato. What was that name again? Yeah. No. It's not (laughs) Jeffrey Brown who wrote the first three. Um, and then a Choose Your Destiny, a Finn and Poe adventure at number nine. The Star Wars visual... Dictionary, the Lego Star Wars Visual Dictionary New Edition, which comes with an exclusive Finn minifig, which this, the minifig looks cool. It's him in the uh, Bacta tank or Bacta, Bacta tube suit. That's I like it. Version of that tank right over here. Visual Dictionary. Cool. Um, number 11, Star Wars Character Encyclopedia. The new edition. Um, then there's Star Wars Alien Archive. Uh, Star Wars Myth and Fables. And then in, for Journey to the Sky, Rise of Skywalker series, Star Wars Spark of the Resistance. At 14, 15, the ultimate Star Wars new edition. Uh, this is like a coffee table book. And uh, it has an encyclopedia-like look for the Star Wars galaxy. Um, and what makes this the new edition it includes Last Jedi, Solo, and Star Wars Resistance in the book. Um, Meet the Heroes. Uh, it's written by various authors because there's various books like Who is Chewbacca? How does Darth Vader become Sith? Et cetera, et cetera. And that comes in at number 16. And since we're talking about books, uh, here are the latest books coming out. If I could find my list. There's my list. Um, of course, we get this list from StarWarsBooks.net. For October 16th, we have Journey to Star Wars Rise of Skywalker Allegiance 2 coming out. Uh, Star Wars Adventures Return to Vader's Castle number 3. The graphic novel... TIE Fighter, which collects TIE Fighter issues 1 through 5, also coming out. And then on the 23rd, we have uh, Star Wars number 73, 
Journey to Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance number three. So that's apparently a weekly series. Hmm. Um, I think there's either five or six books for that. Uh, the graphic novel for Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Star Wars Adventures Return to Vader's Castle number four. And Star Wars Adventures number 27, Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. That takes us up through the 23rd. I'm kind of surprised on your previous list that absolutely everything you need to know wasn't on the list. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, I thing you did. <laughs> what was that? I said I guess that was one thing you didn't need to know. I guess. And that's the one time knowing is not half the battle. Oh, GI resistance. <laughs> that actually is one of the GI Joe shows. There was GI Joe resistance was back in the early two thousands. Yep. Yeah. Um. How about this, real quick? While we still got some more time. Star Wars Halloween Shopping Guide for 2019. There's, uh, from Jimmy, an air-blown inflatable Yoda. <laughs> Looks kind of cute. There is a BB-8 pumpkin Halloween decorating kit. Halloween, Star Wars Halloween pajamas. Hallmark's Darth Vader dog reusable tote bag. It's got a pug dressed as Darth Vader. Cool. Um... Hasbro Screamsaber. <laughs> okay. Uh, it allows for customizable sound effects, making this a one-of-a-kind addition to your costume. I've seen them uh, at Target. Uh, again, Vader's Castle from IDW. Uh, Party City's variety of Star Wars costumes. Um, the Darth Vader Halloween bucket for your treats. There is Ruby's Ewok costume for pets. And the Ruby Star Wars costumes as well. I didn't so, know Ruby's was around. Yeah, they're they're still around. They're still kicking. They make a lot of the costumes for Party City. Yeah. So, um, just trying to think. Is there anything else we need to cover? I think we got it. Most of it, at least. Got quite a bit. Um, and I guess at this point in time, any final thoughts? I don't have any. Still looking for that C3PO Black Series with with Frick on in it. Oh, d- yeah, you guys were. Um, I heard people talking about that last week. That um, and I'm wondering, is that not why we're getting C3PO with the eyes with the guns and stuff? Because he gets totally reprogrammed for this. Yeah, that's what we had thought. Yeah, that's what we're thinking. But we want that Black Series just to get the the Baba Baba Frick figure. Yeah. that's in it because it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, any other final thoughts? Then if we don't have anything else, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of the SAR-2 unit. You underestimate the power of the dark side. <laughs>